What's happening, everybody? Jay Moore, the Healthy Accountant, here with my man, my cohort, Shauna Bell, the Freedom CPA. What's happening, Shauna? What's? I'm so excited right now, Jay. This is happening. Man, this is this is happening, man. The Beyond Freedom Podcast. We are here yes. for episode number two. Oh, two, right. This is number two. Well, yeah, this is number number two because we did one already. So we're excited today because we have a special guest that's here, um, one of our clients and, you know, someone that's doing some amazing things inside of the health healthcare space. And she's really looking to take back just to take back that space so that people can really live healthier lives. And um, we're super excited about our guests and. Our guest, you know, she, you know, was very interesting. You know, her name is Eileen Kapsaftis. I met Eileen, I think back in 2018, 2019, became a client, uh, worked with her on helping her get her finances organized. And Eileen, you know, just has this spirit that I just felt like there was something that was just going to keep us tied together, which, which is so crazy that, and that happened. Like we stayed tied together. She was my first coaching client. I had no experience and she took a chance on me. And, you know, now here four or five years later, um, Eileen is really doing some amazing things. And we're going to go ahead and bring Eileen on because, you know, Eileen, man, she's just an amazing and amazing person. So let's go ahead and bring Eileen on. All right. So I think I lost something. What did I lose? Awesome, guys. We've got Eileen Kapsaftis here with us. Just an amazing and incredible person. Uh, welcome, Eileen. How are you? Thank you, Jay. I am radically and outrageously blessed. I said that to a Catholic nun once, and she sort of went, <laughs> but she enjoyed it. She laughed. She thought it was great. So, That's yes, awesome. yes. Awesome, awesome. Well, man, it's just so exciting to have you here today, and Shauna and I, on, on just with the be- whole message of Beyond Freedom, wanted to bring people on just like you who have something that you're doing. Now, before we kind of get into all the stuff you're doing, uh, what we want to first know and what our, the listeners probably want to know was who is Eileen and what's Eileen doing? So give give the listeners just a little bit about your background, your journey, and where you're coming from. Okay. So, you know, at my age, that could take a long time, but I'll give you the cliff notes. So um I've just... For 30 years, I've been studying the truth about human movement and health, disease, chronic conditions, and uh, how to get people's life back. So it's kind of been my passion is to erase pain from the world. And uh, I know I need a really big eraser. And whenever I do an event, I always ask people to, to help spread the, you know, be my megaphone. And uh, because the, there's... There's so many things about human movement and and health and disease and and all of the things in the the medical world that um, people don't really know. It's not mainstream knowledge or understanding, but it should be. So that's really my job is teaching truths that most people don't know, but I want them to. They should. They need to. Wow. Well, I have a a question Um, because we talk about passion, purpose a lot. How did you how did you happen upon this or it was happenstance? God God put this in you, but I'm just curious of how did you start with the thoughts like this is what I'm supposed to do or when did that happen and what was that like when when you knew 
this is my purpose and to to heal the world or or alleviate the world from pain. Mm. So that's a really good question. Um, I think, well, when I was really little, uh, I wanted to be a doctor because I just wanted to help people. I, it's always been in me. I, I came to this, what I considered was a unique revelation that God sort of created me to love. But I think he created, created all of us to do that. But I came to that revelation about 20 years ago. Um, and that, and that's how I play it out by alleviating people's pain. Um, you know, I did, I did, uh, lead a support group for women for 24 years who had experienced abuse. And, uh, you know, there, there is some history in my background, which makes me be able to relate to people who have, have had trauma. And I wanted them to experience the same freedom that can be had. And I just, there's something in me that just gets triggered when I see people experiencing pain, mm-hmm. whether it's physical, emotional, mental. I just, to me, pain is a four-letter word. And and I know that, you know, Jesus died to set us free from all oppression of evil, and pain is evil. So it's, we're not meant to experience it. We're, we're meant to eat from the tree of life, not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, so it's, I want them to see what life can be. I want them to understand and know that their life can be filled with joy and peace and love and and all that God died to give us. And I don't want anybody to miss out on what was paid for. And so when I was little, I wanted to be a doctor. And then when I got older, I realized, well, I don't really agree with a lot of what the medical model does because it's, it was all about treating symptoms and not really restoring health. And so then I decided I wanted to be a um, nutritionist. And I, and when I looked at the program, they were teaching things that I didn't agree with either. And I knew, well, when you disagree with the professors, they're going to sort of fail you. You won't really pass. And so, uh, and the same college catalog had the program on physical therapy. And I thought, well, I've always been fascinated with the human body. So I ended up going into that. And, uh, and then come full circle, I did end up getting a nutrition in, or I'm sorry, a diploma in nutrition education. So, uh, I kind of came full circle, but now, I can help people eliminate the need for medications. I don't have them stop medications. They have that conversation with their prescribing practitioner, but I can teach them how to apply strategies and make changes that can allow them to no longer need the medications and which literally restores health. And uh, it's, it's, I, I can't even tell you how many people I've seen get their health back and be able to eliminate pain. So that's so good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was good. And when you started off and you said, Hey, I wanted to be a doctor, like that was me too. I wanted to be a doctor. And now I didn't come to the revelation that you came to with, Oh, well, you know, it's all messed up in there. I just came to the revelation. I didn't want to be looking at bodies, you know, and looking at insides of people. So I was just like, you know what? I think there's another, another something that I can do. And, um, you know, I guess, and I fell into this, I guess, accounting. Um, but really, it's just a holistic thing. And that's what kind of brought on beyond. Now, you said something about like going back, right? You went back to when you was a kid. You went back to kind of coming through. I'm also curious, as Shauna said, I'm curious as to what's, what's driving it. Like what's driving your desire to to want to eradicate pain, just pretty much the whole medical model, whatever that is, what's driving that? But was there anything that happened 
um, along the way, right? Because a lot of times things happen along the way. Was there anything that happened along the way that really made you say, you know what, you know what, this is going to happen or bust because I just know that I have to do this. What happened, you know, during that cycle of really becoming, you know, a physical therapist and just kind of saying to yourself, this has to be the direction that I'm going. Hmm. So, well, I would say that the big turning point was when my business went full time. But I want to speak for just a moment on what you said about wanting to be a doctor. Now you, you fix people's finances and that's that, you know, finances is the biggest pain people can experience. So, so you are still a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not an MD. <laughs> you just don't have to look in the bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny, you know, the, the, the class where you work on the bodies is called gross anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but it's gross because you're not using a microscope. It's it's by the eye. But uh, yeah. it is interesting that it's gross anatomy, and, and I've taken that. So it, it's an interesting ride. But um, the whole thing about the turning point, I would, well, the the physical therapy, I, I wanted to do something when I, you know, I wasn't raised in a family of anyone who had gone to college or any of that. Although my mom was a brilliant woman, I just came across this the other day when I was looking through photos. She graduated in 1949. And I'm looking at this, and she was, they didn't have valedictorians at the time, but she was at the top under general excellence. And she graduated in a four-year high school in two years at the top of the class. So she was a brilliant woman, but never went to college, never did. You know, I was the first one in my family to do any of that. And I uh, worked my way through college waiting tables, and I, I have a great respect for people who do that for a living, but it wasn't something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I didn't feel like it really used the gifts that God had given me mm-hmm. to the extent that he wanted them used. So I really had a deep desire to get out of that uh, and to be able to financially provide for my family in a way that we weren't struggling and having the lights shut off. And I've had that happen a couple of times. Uh, you know, life can be really hard at times, but I think how we how we manage that makes a difference. I decided to just dig my heels in and work harder instead of giving up. And uh, I knew that I really needed to do something with my life. And so the physical therapy is what called to me. And as I worked in that profession, I saw a lot of things that were not right. Um, I worked in every setting there is. I worked in acute care and hospital settings and saw people who didn't have uh, someone to be their advocate were sort of at the the mercy of the system. And um, it it was just, it was horrifying, some of the things I saw. I mean, I literally came home and told my husband, you know, when we get older, if I get sick, just shoot me and bury me in the backyard. Do not bring me to the hospital. That, that That was really how I felt. And, and I'm not, I'm not bashing doctors. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not bashing people who want to help people. It's the actual medical model that falls so short of, of what really promotes health and respects people and treats them with dignity. And it, it's just, it's really lacking. And it's, and it's only gotten worse in the 30 years I've done this. It's gotten worse. So I saw all of that and. Even in the clinic settings, there's a lot of clinics that are run sort of like cattle uh, corner, and people are just herded in and herded out, and no one's really helped because the therapist has to see three, four people an hour, can't even keep up with the paperwork. They can't do what they've been trained to do. They get burned out, 
It's just horrible. And it was my profession's answer to really poor insurance reimbursement. They decided, oh, you're not going to pay us. Well, we'll to keep the doors open, we'll just see more people. But who's the one who fails there? The patient. It's, you know, the doors are kept open, but the patients are the ones who, you know, oh, yeah, PD doesn't work. I went to PT. Oh, that doesn't work. And then there's the training. And I don't really want to sound like I'm bashing my profession, but when when a PT graduates, even though it's been progressed to a doctorate, I graduated as a bachelor of science um, many, many years ago. It then became a master's, and now it's a doctorate. They do more research, but they still don't understand. They're not trained and equipped to treat people as a whole person. They're still equipped to look at a, at a person as, you know, they're a knee that walks in the door, a shoulder that walks in the door, a, a, a foot that walks in the door. And they've completely lost the ability or never had or were trained to see the whole person and understand how the human biomechanics works. I mean, the knee is the lower hip and the upper ankle. But if they don't know that and they only see a knee that walks through the door and the person's hip is the problem or the ankle's the problem, and then the insurance won't reimburse because they're treating a body part that's not on the prescription, I mean, the whole system is just its so broken and so flawed. Uh, even my mom, when she was in uh, ICU the last um, couple of weeks of her life, she was seen as a body part by all of the different experts who came in. You know, they had the guy looking at the kidneys and the guy looking at the lungs and the guy looking at this body part and that body part. And and I was right there asking them all questions. It was a God thing. It was like I even remembered their names and, and what their specialties were. And they were all different. And they were kind of surprised I knew who they were. But there was so, yes, they're looking at her chart. They're paying attention to the, to the medical details. But there was no one overseeing her as a whole person. And, and I think that's the biggest problem with the medical profession. And so because I've always had this deep desire to seek truth, God has always brought me to people who teach things that are, are pure truth. When it, anything from human biomechanics, how the joints move, how the body functions, to nutrition, to diet, to it's, I've always sought truth. And the people who come to me for the events and, and the different things that I do, they're seeking truth too. And I can't tell you how many people have said, yes, that's right. It's, it's, it's like somebody finally verbalized what they always knew. I'm a whole person. That's why they can't help me because they're only seeing me as a body part. So I don't know if I got off tangent, if I answered the question or not. This is good. (laughs) That is so so good. That is, oh my goodness, Eileen. That is so rich and so needed. And there aren't enough people like you out there to really make the impact needed because culture today, uh, uh, the government, uh, Everything just teaches the opposite. So so can you tell, so now we know a lot about you. Probably there's way more to know, but I want the listeners to know, and I personally want to know how you have taken these gifts and these experiences and everything and how you're working with clients today to transform lives. Like what are you, how did this all culminate to how you're helping people um, in your business now? So I realized sitting in a clinic setting really wasn't the answer to things because you can only see one person at a time and you can only see so many people in a day and you're limited in the time you can spend with people or the clinic can't keep their doors open. I did work in a very good clinic where we got a full hour to do an evaluation and a full 30 minutes one-on-one with our client, with our patients. So it wasn't, wasn't cattle per se, 
but I got a reputation for helping people. And so I would get what I lovingly called the hot messes. And so when someone comes in as a hot mess and you've only got 30 minutes, you can barely scratch the surface. So it was, it was a little frustrating to me. I, it left something was missing. And so uh, I started working, um, doing community classes at the local community college so that I could work with more people at once and saw that, wow, teaching this way of moving and training the body doesn't have to be one-on-one -on -one because I saw I could do it in a class setting and, and people were really responding and they were getting out of pain and it was helping them and their knees were better, their shoulders were better. I did a three-hour shoulder seminar and, and people were telling me, I can't believe how much better my shoulder feels. So I thought, okay, it doesn't have to be one-on-one. -on -one. And so I, at the urging of someone, I started doing things online, started doing consultations online. And I've worked with people all over the world, Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, Israel, um, all over the place, and, uh, and Germany. I currently right now have somebody in Germany. And it's great because Zoom, you, know, you can connect anywhere. But, uh, but that, that sort of let me know that the first 15 years of my 30 years was all about putting my hands on people, all manual techniques, muscle energy, strain and counter strain, Mulligan's mobilization with movement, McKenzie method. Everything was about putting my hands on people and one-on-one. -on -one. And then I was introduced to this movement training, three-plane training. It's taught by the Gray Institute, G-R-A-Y. Anyone who's interested in looking it up, Gary Gray, is his nickname is the father of function. He is so beyond brilliant when it comes to human movement. And uh, I just finished their fellowship program, actually, which is a 40-week program. And, uh, and it's, it, was not, it was the holy grail of movement that I'd been looking for because I knew how to fix people with my hands. But the exercises that I had learned to teach fell short. It just didn't make sense. A lot of it didn't make sense. If somebody's neck hurts, teaching them to turn their neck isn't going to fix their pain. And so when you understand that the neck is hurting because the trunk is restricted or the pelvis is unstable – and you address the cause, now the neck is a very happy camper. So, and this is all taught when you're looking at authentic human movement. And so that's what I've been studying now for the last 15 years, as well as a couple of other very powerful, effective self-care methods and ways of training the body. And so I've just seen, and so now I've got a YouTube channel. I've got all kinds of education on the YouTube channel. I want as much free out there as I can do and still keep the lights on and not live out of my car. And so um, as much free as possible. So I've got the YouTube channel. I do regular events. I just finished a power aging event. One of my big passions is the, is older people. Um, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older because I'm 65 now, but I want everybody to, you know, my goal is to live to be at least 112 and be really stinking happy about it. I always joke, no diapers and drooling for me. And so I want everybody to join me in that. And um, so many people have this mindset about aging that they're supposed to stop, they're supposed to hurt, they're supposed to have a shoebox full of medications. They're, you know, they're terrified of going into a nursing home, but nobody ever set a goal to go to a nursing home. It happens by default because they're not doing the things that keep it from happening. And so, so I do a lot of events on aging. I've done events on plantar fasciitis, on um, uh, eliminating sitting pain, back pain from sitting. I, I've done events on pretty much everything. And so, and the events are free. I do have a couple of programs that are purchased uh, so that people who are really serious and really want to have linear training, training that sort of makes sense and it's progressive, I've got those. One is where we do a live class every week. But I've 
I'm busy. And, and I hate the word busy because it's kind of like, ah, I'm busy. I, really what I'd like to say is that my, my schedule is full and, uh, and I'm challenged to keep doing what I'm doing and expand. I, I just want as many people out there to know that they don't have to be in pain. They don't have to, you know, having disposable underwear is not a rite of passage before you go below ground. I, you know, these things are not, it's not true. And so I just, I want everybody to know the truth. Wow. That was a lot, man. And yeah, sorry. <laughs> so no, no, no good. A lot. It's good. Um, and, 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 and you said a number of things, which I can tell you guys, like, like I, so Eileen's a client of mine and have been a client for some years. And I remember when COVID hit, and and I was having knee pain. I would always be like, yeah, I got this knee pain. She was like, Well, you should book a book book a session with me. I said, We can do that. Like we can like we go on Zoom and book a session. Said, yeah, let's go on Zoom, book a session. We book a session. She through Zoom, she's able to diet. She diagnosed me. Obviously, I did. I did. I had to give her. I had to fill out some stuff. But once she saw, and I did some stuff, and she says, Oh, you're not. It's not knee. Like so, I, it's your hips. You know, it, it, it's your hips that's not functioning properly that's causing your pain. And I'm like, I would have never known that, that my hips. And then she gives me the exercises. And from then on, it's like, okay, if I had any pain in my, well, she said hips and ankles. And I was like, oh, wow, I had surgery. I had surgery on the same side. You know, Achilles tore, didn't do good PT because you know, they just, I don't know what, it, I can't even remember if they really helped me or not. Like I went to physical therapy, come out of there and it was, it was BS. Like I look at stuff that my dad is going through now and I'm like, they're not doing anything. They're not helping them. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to Eileen and I'm listening to that one. I'm a testimony to um, the transforming of people's life, right? It sounds like, it sounds like to us that you have an ability to transform people's lives when it comes to their movement, um, just give, giving people truth instead of just a fact. And like, what was it in your background? Like, like when, like, like in your background, obviously you've gone through, you've gotten more education, you've, you know, you've gotten, you know, degrees, you've, you know, you probably spend money to, pretty much get better like but what was it in your background that that prepared you for where you are now with growing your business right you're growing your business and now and now talk about more money coming in right so how'd your background influence you on your on your business and then just managing your your money in your business Mm. so i had no business background whatsoever and, you know, when you and I met, Jay, I kind of joked. I said, yeah, I can, I can teach you anatomy, but I can't explain a P&L sheet to save my life. So I, uh, you know, that wasn't my strength. And you were an answer to prayer because I knew I needed to get the finances behind my business working well and better. I dreaded every year when tax time came because I kept all my receipts and I was organized but I didn't – it would take me days to go through everything and make sure that I I utilized all of the deductibles that I could that were legal and, and all of that. And it would just take forever. And I always wondered, am I missing something? What am I and, – and, and I didn't want an accountant who would just 
plug in the numbers because my thought was, well, why am I paying you if I'm doing all the work and giving you all the information that takes forever for me to gather? And then all you're doing is plugging it in and you're not helping me, telling me what I need to change, what I need to do. what I, I needed somebody who was going to look at the business and not just plug in numbers. And so you were definitely an answer to prayer. Uh, you set me up perfect. I no longer worried about having the money to pay the taxes because you have this great way of setting that all up. And uh, I mean, it really did set me free in that for sure. So that was a big piece, having that and uh, and knowing I had you as a resource if I had questions and whatever. And you also had this beautiful way of helping me to see that what I had had value. And what I mean by that is, you know, I was a staff PT for years and staff PTs make very little money. I mean, people might think they're graduating now with a doctorate and they're as deep in debt as becoming a doctor, only the, the pay is really tiny. I, I won't even say what it is, but it's it's very sad. And so when you're a staff PT, you don't really feel like you could do something like that. And the, the clinic owners that I saw were also stressed out because of trying to keep the doors open and everybody paid. And I was like, I never want to be one of them. So to me, it was like I didn't want to be a business owner. But as I was encouraged to do more and more and I saw more and more happen when I did the classes, when I did the consulting and I, and I had the idea of, okay, I need to create something that's very inexpensive that can teach these truths to people in, on a grand scale. So that's when I decided to do the Move Without Pain private club and create the classes, the video classes, and people can go in there. And there's literally 52 classes in there, uh, all on movement and all kinds of what I call geek corner with lots of stuff. But that, just getting the emails, I mean, if I could tell you the emails that I get from people, that is what motivates me the most. That's what tells me that my labor of love is really working because people's lives are changed. There is... I mean, you can you feel like you're walking on air when you get an email from someone who now is able to go back to work or they're they're literally crying on on a Zoom call because their pain is gone. It's there's that's priceless. There's there's no words for that. So I would do what I do for free if I didn't want to live out of my car. But the nice thing is, um, as my my mind has expanded to what is possible, and I also feel that I've I, I'm I'm reluctant to share my vision because a lot of people might think it's a little bit crazy, but I will anyway. I'll be transparent. So my vision is I believe that God is calling his children to clean up the earth, so to speak, to reclaim the industries and the businesses that are not running God's way, that are not using integrity, are not using honesty, are not respecting people. Are It's all just about the money. And it doesn't matter how much harm occurs. And that might not be an outward thought these companies are having, but that's what's happening. It doesn't really matter what they're thinking or believing. What matters is what's what's being done. And and I see it. So I see, you know, Habakkuk 2.14, the, the earth will be filled with the uh, glory of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And we're his glory. And so people can only see him through us. And so all of these industries and companies are going to end up being required to run God's way mm-hmm. with love and integrity and honesty and all of those things and righteousness, or they're going to go out of business. So that's what I see. And I feel that God has called me to reclaim healthcare for him. 
to teach truth to people won't be having these tests and all of this ridiculous stuff that they go through when they have pain because it's not truth. It's, it's money-making. It's, it's, they're, they're reducing the person to a body part. It's called reductionism. Uh, T. Colin Campbell wrote a book called Whole, W-H-O-L-E, and he calls it reductionism when it comes to nutrition. We, we reduce food down to, you know, the vitamins and the minerals, like that's all that matters. And it's the whole food that matters because everything is synergistic in there and we need it all. And it's the same way with treating people. We need to, healthcare is going to have to change because it's fractured, it's broken, it's not working. And it's, it's a, and I kind of see it like the, those Godzilla movies from years ago where the, the Godzilla was getting the bad guy and the bad guy is flailing his tail all over and doing as much damage and destruction as he can as he's dying. So that's, that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. Um, but that's, that's really, I'm on fire for that. I am so on fire for that teaching truth and getting people set free. Wow. Well, well, you are an amazing visionary and you will never have to ponder in this audience, at least with Jay and I, and we're trying to grow people like us, something sounding crazy. That sounds amazing. And we're here for that. Um, you are amazing. <laughs> so I have another question. Um, Jay and I brought together this concept of freedom. Well, we both had the concept. When we came together, we were like beyond freedom. And what does that mean in terms of health, finances, life? So, so our part of it sounds like we're both we both have the same goal and just bringing um peace to people healing and and thing and and it all has to do with two of the most important topics of life health and finances so my question is when we say beyond freedom can you tell us what that what that means, like when you hear that and if someone needed to have that explained to them, if it resonates with you in terms of finances and health or or your vision for 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 bringing this world to a place to live it based on the abundance that God promised. Um, what does that how would you explain that? Like mm. there's healing, there's freedom and healing, there's freedom in, in a lot of things. But how would you explain what is available to us through these healing and this, this peace process from that beyond freedom point of view. I I love that you have the word beyond there because it's not just freedom. It's beyond freedom. And, and it's, you know, we serve a God of more than enough. He's not a God of enough. He's a God of more than enough. And so he's not a God of freedom. He's beyond freedom. And so I love that you've got that word in there. So, to me, living a life beyond freedom, most people are in bondage, whether they know Christ or not. They're in a, they're in a mindset of bondage. Um, there's a lot of misunderstandings with scripture and faith. And, you know, all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Every single one of them. He died to give us every single one of those promises, not just a ticket to heaven. Not that that isn't amazing, but, but the, we're, we're, we, we are blessed here on earth. We don't have to wait until heaven to get those promises. And so, Beyond freedom to me is is not 
not living a life of wondering and worry and concern and fear. I mean, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. That's in 2 Timothy 1.7. And I did a study on that because I, I, it says God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, yet it does say he gives us a fear of him so that we will not depart from him. So I'm like, okay, he gives us fear. He doesn't give us fear. I'm a little confused here. And scripture never contradicts itself. So I did a deep study. And the word fear for him not giving us a spirit of fear, it's the only time that Greek term is used in the New Testament, just one time for the one that they defined as fear. And it could be defined as faithless. So to me, that means we have, we, to each of us, he's given us a measure of faith. We, we are not without faith. So that's why, because he's given us power, his Holy Spirit power, love, his, his love that casts out all fear, his perfect love, and a sound mind, so that we can take captive all of those thoughts that stand against the truth of him. And so, and then he gives us a fear of him so we won't depart with him because we know he's life. Who's going to step away from life? <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be a smart move. So, so to me, beyond freedom is, is living in perfect peace. I mean, you said it. You said the word peace. Jesus said, it's my peace I give you, not as the world gives you. And when he gives us something, it means we step into his. He doesn't hand it over so we can mess it up and use it wrong and whatever and lose it. He says, step into my peace. There's no lack in Jesus. And so to me, beyond freedom means living in shalom, peace. And shalom can be defined two ways. One is everything. I, I've actually got it on my wall, so I don't mess it up. But it's everything functioning according to divine design and destroying the authority attached to chaos. So you meld those two things together and you're in perfect peace. It doesn't matter your circumstances. The days that I present myself, Romans 12, 1 and 2, present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. This is your spiritual worship and, and do not be conformed to this world. But by the renewing of your mind, it's, it's just living out God's word. But you have to speak it. Faith comes by hearing the word. And the days that I don't spend speaking God's word in the morning are the days that don't go so hot. The days that I start speaking God's word and just really standing in his promises, who he says he is and who he says I am, are the days no matter my circumstances, those are great days. So to me, that's, that's beyond freedom, knowing that, but also living it, walking it out. And it's, and it's all by grace. That's the best part. Jesus promises to do it. He's our guarantor. It's not up to me. I can't renew my mind, but he will with his word. So it's, uh, it's complete freedom. Absolutely. Beyond. You, have a, you know I have another question, but I guess I should let Jason <laughs> No, we know that's good. Eight like, outnumbered, like, two against one. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good, man. Um, go ahead and ask your question, Sean. This one's easy because I feel yeah, like. Go ahead and ask your question. You know, I've spent years trying to grow to this person that can not only hear what you just said and understand that it's real and that it could be a reality for so many, but there was a place in my life where you just said all that stuff, and I'd be like. Yeah, that sounds good, but dot, 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 dot. So for someone that is listening here, 
or even for us, you know, like it is really good to to be practical mm-hmm. and in a way where it can catch people at every different stage of their faith, belief, business, growth, health, like all these different things. So for someone that just heard what you said and felt amazing, but overwhelmed at the same time, can you share some practical advice on like I like where to start from, like based on what you just said, like, OK, she just said that I want that. Where do I start? Like, how can I get that? Give me some. Like, what what is something that you would give that person that is just trying to grow to that place where they can visualize, realize it and then obtain it? Yes, yes. And and that's a really good question, because the first 22 years of my faith, I spent in what we call the OMMS, the old man management system. Mm-hmm. And God tells us, put off the old and put on the new because the old is, is an enemy. The old is dead. It died on the cross with Christ, and I'm dragging around this dead body. I, I would joke in, in one of my um, mastermind groups and say, how can something dead make so much noise? It's just, it's driving me crazy. It's, it's dead. Be gone already. Um, so it's, it's the old nature. And, and a lot of the times we struggle against that because what I've come to recognize is that if I am struggling in something and I'm not moving forward in it, it's because that is how I learned to navigate a world without knowing Christ in me. Because we do live in a fallen world. And if we're navigating the world and we're not abiding in Christ with all that he has, his wisdom, his love, his joy, his peace, his authority, his everything, if we're not abiding there, then we're, we're trying to survive in an old man nature that lives in fear and anxiety, and struggle, and distrust, and a lot of people struggle to trust God, because life, they were, they had people do things to them, they were disappointed, they were hurt, they were harmed, I mean, I, the support group for women, they were horribly abused and traumatized, so it's hard to trust, so if you can't trust God, there is no peace, there's no shalom without trust in God, And it's only been the last two and a half, three years that I've really learned all this. And the the big key to it was truly understanding, speaking to God with real humility, which means agreeing with what he says instead of disagreeing, knowing that every word in here is true. And, you know, he's not a man that he should lie. And so, okay, I'm going to, you know, Jesus is our teacher, opening scripture and asking Jesus to show us. He can't wait to teach us. And so that's that's where I started to really grow. I mean, Jay can tell you I'm not the same person I used to be. He's probably sitting there going, is this the same Eileen that I met? You know, this is not the same person. And it hasn't been that long, has it, Jay? So it's it's God has transformed me. I haven't done it. And he wants to transform all of us. Genesis one twenty six. let us make man in our image and likeness. It was always God's plan for us to walk in his divine nature as us with our personalities and gifts and, and all of that. But he wants us to be in him, abide in him, dwell in him so that we are protected, so that we know that we're loved. We know that we're all of our needs are met. We don't have to worry that 
I'm not going to be able to make the mortgage payment this month or the rent payment or, oh my gosh, my car broke down. I don't have the money for that. God provides. We have to know that. And, and knowing that is key. So I would strongly recommend, and I hear what you're saying because I know I fire hosed everybody and I, and yeah. I didn't mean to do that, but it's yeah. that, that I just get so excited. I can't stand it. And, mm-hmm. um, I believe that God will meet every single person where they're at right now and he will bring them a level higher. He will. He, I mean, he's in Ezekiel and, and, and Isaiah, he says, I will like, I don't know how many times I will take, remove their heart of stone. I will give them a heart of flesh. I will, I will. I, I mean, God, he promises and just seek his word and, and he will do it. That's how you get there. No, that's awesome. Yeah. It's fire. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's wow. This is, this, this is good. Eileen is right. Like when I met Eileen, yeah, she was not this person. She is a new, she is a new person. And what's interesting about becoming a new person, a lot of people ask you, well, how'd you do it? And when you get like, like, like when you pull, you pull your book out, like I got, I got two of them on my desk, right? I can say, yeah, this is what I use. And everybody's looking at you like, well, there's almost 2000 pages in there. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? So, so I get it. So somebody may be thinking, come on, seriously, like, like that's for some reason, I don't know our brains. When we see these books that have these pages with all this little print in it, you can't really see it, but it's got the little, it's got the little print and it's like, but it's speaking a different language. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going to work. And, you know, so I'm listening to Eileen. I'm seeing this new person. Like Eileen looks different guys. I'm just letting you know, she looks different from when I met her in her face. Totally different. She's gotten younger since I met her. Wow. He renews. No, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm not playing. She's gotten younger since I've met her. Like I remember what her face looked like. And then every time I see her on Zoom, I'm like, I'm like, wait, you look younger. I was walking in fear back then, Jay. That's what I'm saying. Fear ages you. What? When people, there's so much here. There's so much here. Now I get it, right? Because, guys, you, y'all don't know, but we were having a hard time getting on this meeting today. It took an extra 15 minutes to get on the meeting. And I'm realizing, watch, because Eileen is walking. She's a walking purpose, right? So, and because she's a walking purpose, Purposes have to get fulfilled. And the purpose of her life, like she said, she has to take back health care. But here's the thing. Here's here's what Eileen didn't say. That it all starts in your mind. Mm-hmm. It all starts there. And so a, a person wants to get healthy. But how are you going to get healthy? Like, how are you going to do that? Like, so so if someone. All right. So I'm going to give you one question. I know, and I'm sure Shauna got another one, but I got. To give you the question, just so we can jump back into health real quick. Someone wants to get healthy. Now, you just talked to, talk to us about the Bible and all this stuff and how it transformed your life. You, you're looking younger, right? But what's, what, like, what is, what can somebody do, right? In order to help themselves fix their own body, right? What can they do? Just, you know, so that's a that's a big question. So I'm going to narrow it down so that there's something specific. Like if someone comes to you and they say, hey, Eileen, I'm having, you know, I'm having back pain. 
because that's a big one. I'm having back pain. Um, like, how would you kind of walk them through doing something to help them with their pain? Right. So the first thing I would do, and I'll, I'll keep this very short because this could be two hours I know, of conversation. Yes, <laughs> um, you know, eight out of 10 people experience back pain at some point in their life. It's quite prevalent. And so a lot of the times what happens is, and, and if you look at a pie chart for the causes of back pain, over 70% of it says causes unknown. Mm. Yeah. You'll get a few of those, oh, herniated disc or something serious, God forbid, cancer or whatever. But over 70% causes unknown. And so every person's unique, like a fingerprint. Everybody has a different background, a different athletic um, lifestyle uh, sedentary versus not, what are they doing in their world? How are they feeding themselves? Food can have a huge impact on back. Dr. Lena Capilla has heavily published studies on lumbar artery disease because we always think blood only goes to the brain and the heart. We don't want a stroke. We don't want a heart attack. But degenerative disc disease and all that stuff is because of lack of circulation to the lumbar spine. And so foods will inhibit circulation. Foods will will cause inflammation. So it's important. I go over their diet with them. I tell them the different things that will promote inflammation, things that will impair circulation. Um, and then, you know, I let them make an informed decision from that point. What they decide to do is up to them. My job is to just give them the information. And so, um, but now at least they're making an informed decision. So it's, it's, and I'm not going to sit here and teach diet and all that because there's, you've got, you know, the people on one side of the fence and the people on the other side of the fence and they're all fighting each other because we, we just, we love division. Or I should say the enemy loves to cause division in our world. And so, but what I will say is the most important things as far as how they're feeding themselves matters. The more plant foods, the more fruits and vegetables, the more good things they get into their body is, is key. Our mothers knew what they were saying. You know, I'm old enough to remember my mother saying, eat your vegetables. I don't know if they say that anymore nowadays, but we know it's true. And um, and then water. Most people just aren't drinking water. The dehydrated muscle spasm. Muscles are 78% water. A muscle will spasm just because you haven't drank water. And that's painful when it spasms. So there's a, there's a lot of things. And then the, the low back, the lumbar spine, doesn't really rotate very well. I mean, if you look at Betty Bones over here, the lumbar vertebrae between the trunk and the pelvis, it doesn't really rotate and it doesn't really side bend. It will a little bit, it's like seven to maybe 13 degrees, but the rotation is supposed to happen below it in the hips and above it in the trunk. And so I tell them a lot of the times you can ignore the low back to fix the low back because it's probably not your back. It's probably your hips, your pelvis that aren't working right or your trunk is limited. And I'll ask them a simple question. Do you struggle to turn to back up your car? And if they do, we know right away it's probably the trunk. And as people get older, the trunk kind of stiffens and loses some rotation and loses some movement. I mean, your trunk is kind of like Ginsu knives. It does it all. And if it's lacking something, um, your shoulders won't be happy, your neck won't be happy, your low back won't be happy. So they just have to understand that they're not a back. And, and when, when you educate people and, and it just starts to make sense, oh, yeah, I had an issue with my hip like a year ago. Or, oh, yeah, I, I broke my ankle, you know, five years ago. And it never, like you said, you remembered your Achilles and, and that. And it just, people know when they hear truth. And it just, it rings all kinds of bells and they start to listen and they actually start to apply what they're learning. And they see success. That's the best part. 
Awesome. Awesome. I got one follow up question to that because someone, you know, they may be saying, well, how did Eileen get so much younger? But, but that's a probably another podcast. But I do want to ask this. What does Eileen do? Like, what do you personally do to manage your own health? Mm. So this is funny because uh, a while back I realized I wasn't exercising it enough. And it's so funny because I teach movement and I teach exercise and I have classes all the time. And you might say, how can you not exercise enough? Well, you know, just teaching classes isn't necessarily experiencing it. It's different when you're teaching and you're making sure they can do a movement right and all of that. And uh, and I was had my power aging boot camp coming up and, and I'm I'm always transparent. I, I'm just I, I always want to teach, tr- you know, tell the truth about me, too. And I realized I hadn't really been working out much. And if I was going to do a power aging boot camp and I was going to show people doing push up and teach them how to do push ups and how to, you know, scat presses if they couldn't do push ups and how to do it like an eccentric push up and how to get that strength back if they didn't have any. I was like, well, I'm going to have egg on my face if I can't do it. <laughs> So I realized I had to sort of push my window a little bit, but I, I love to walk. Walking is one of my favorite things, but I don't really do walking for exercise. I do it to reduce cortisol levels, which is essentially the stress hormone. Uh, walking in nature and talking to God is, to me, the perfect peace. And so that's what I do. I happen to live in an area where I can I can walk past pastures and streams and waterfalls and all kinds of great stuff. So I'm in upstate New York and... Um, I just have some beautiful country around me. So I, I love walking. Um, I make sure that I'm drinking water all the time. I, uh, I'm not perfect, but most of the time I'm eating lots of plant foods and I'm moving. I'm just, it's my goal. Like I'll, I'll set my phone if I'm going to do a lot of research. Like right now I'm writing my second book. And, um, and so when I'm doing all the research for that, which is a lot, I stand up, I set this to go off every 20 or 30 minutes, I stand up, I do 10 backbends, I do 10 squats, and I drink water. And so now I just rehydrated my body, not only because I got up off the pressure, but drank and got some blood flow to max, because, you know, that's the power source, gluteus maximus. Max gets all kind of squished and doesn't work well when you're sitting on them all day. And um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of what I do. And it's it's working. <laughs> I don't take any meds. I don't even have Tylenol in my medicine chest. So. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. Ooh, no Tylenol, man. That is, that is amazing. Um, and I'm just super excited because, you know, for, for those of us that are getting older, right. You know, I'm in my fifties and, you know, look at someone like Eileen, she's in her, she just said she was 65. So, so she's not afraid to tell her age. And talking about she's going to live to 112. Shana, what's up? Like, like, dang, that's going beyond right there. No diapers. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the part where it was like with no diapers and like being happy, <laughs> like not having to be carted around, like that's goals right there. Yeah. You know, and they say the biggest motivation for people is fear of loss versus gain. I just did a, I just did a, a attended a class by a, a a really renowned person of faith who teaches on advertising and promotion and marketing and things. And he did this beautiful thing on loss avoidance. And I'll just share this loss avoidance. uh, People see that as more certain than potential gains. And they would rather avoid a loss. It's, It's, it means more to them than what they'll gain, which is kind of crazy. 
Because to me, what they're yeah. going to gain is they're going to gain their strength back. They're going to get their, their mobility back. They're going to get their life back. They're going to be able to pick up those bags of mulch when they do gardening. They're going to be able to get something out of the trunk of their car and not throw their back out. They're going to be able to get down on the floor and pay, play with their grandkids and get back up again. They're going to be able to do all those things that they don't want to be able have to stop doing. But typically, it's, it's more about nobody wants to lose their strength. So that they need somebody to help them get out of a chair. It's that fear of loss. Nobody wants to go to a nursing home. Nobody wants to wear disposable underwear. Nobody wants to. It's it's that. And and I had a guy once. He was 86. His wife brought him in. He was needing help to get out of the chair. And she was a little spitfire woman. I, I really liked her right away when I met her. But he's sitting in the chair and she's telling me, yeah, I used to walk to the corner store every day and get the paper. He stopped. Now I got to help him get out of the chair. The doctor told us to bring him here to therapy. And, and I looked down at him and he looks up at me and he says, don't you think at my age I should be allowed to rest? And I looked down at him and I said, well, if you want your wife to dust you off once a day. <laughs> he kind of went. He, he knew he was in trouble. But do you know within just a couple of weeks, he was leg pressing 200 pounds and he could get out of the chair like a shot. So, and his wife gave me a feather duster as a gift. I thought that was so cute. <laughs> but it's, it's minds, you know, it really is. Like you said, Jay, it's mindset. You can have a growth mindset or you can have a fixed mindset. And if you've got a fixed mindset, you're done. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to get better. You might as well just hang it up, crawl under your bed, and wait till the world ends because there's there's no life in that fixed mindset, yeah, at all. Yeah. So so we had a one of our last questions here. Um, you mentioned you were writing a book, so it's a twofold question. Can you tell us a little bit about your book and the preview to the one you're writing, if that's possible, and then tell us your favorite book of all time? Sure. So the book that I did write is called Pain Culprits, and it's thin for a reason because the publisher said nobody would buy it if it was 200 pages, And uh, but all the resources that I wanted to put in here are on a free website, so people still get the information. And it's, it's about the fact that a lot of the times people are treating their knee, but it's not their knee. The culprit is someplace else. They're beating up the victim. So uh, it, and I, I talk about the back, the hip, the knees, the shoulders, and I talk about some other things, too, you know, medications that are used for pain that cause pain, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. Um, all the different strategies that are used medically for pain that the, the risks and the benefits. And there's a lot more risk and very little benefit. And people are kind of freaked out when they learn that truth. So there, there's a lot of truth in the book about pain. Um, I've had a, a lot of really good, great emails and reviews from people who've read the book. It's really helped them. And then my second book, um, you know, half the people who come to me want to get out of pain. The other half want to age well. They don't want to end up in a nursing home. And so I decided I needed to write a book on aging. So Aging Culprits is the book that I'm reading on now. And it's going to be about hopefully creating a growth mindset about aging and, and busting all the myths about aging that people believe that are not true. But unfortunately, what we believe, as I think in my heart, so am I. That's Proverbs. And so if they believe they're meant to decline, if they believe those things, it's going to happen because their actions are going to line up with what they believe. 
So they're going to stop exercising. They're going to stop moving. They're going to stop doing whatever. They feel, well, it doesn't matter what I do, right? Isn't that, is that in Solomon where no matter, I can, I can live life large and drink and be merry and do whatever. And, you know, and, and it, it does matter what we do. We don't have to be perfect, but we have to rein in doing things that we know are negative and make sure we're focusing on the things that we know are positive. And so that's, yeah. Hopefully it'll bust a lot of myths. I've done a lot of teaching on aging and people are just blown away. And I've seen people 80, 90 years old. I, I've had people 100 years old plus doing squats in the parallel bars in a nursing home. So I had one woman who was in her 80s and they were sending her home with exercises sitting down. And I knew that was useless. She had broken her leg. And you know how she broke her leg? She fell off the ladder cleaning the snow off the roof of her house. She was a farm woman. She wasn't going to go home and sit in a rocking chair and knit. She was going to get back up on a ladder if she had to. So she did to do exercises that were going to make her successful for her life. And sitting in a chair wasn't going to do it. So you you, you need to treat people based on their ability, not their age. Mm. And uh, I've met people in their 60s who, yeah. you know, life was pretty much over. And people in their, I, I can't tell you how many people I've met over 100 years old who are still shopping, cooking, cleaning, doing their own finances, driving, doing everything, living life large. So that that mindset that a lot of people have about aging, it's all just because of mainstream understanding, which is not true. And even the medical profession has a fixed mindset about aging. It's, you know, oh, well, at your age, you know, oh, well, what do you expect? You are 72 or whatever age they throw out there. And it's all a lie from the pit of hell. So... Wow. And besides your books, what is your favorite book of all time? That's easy. The Bible. That's easy. And I'm not saying that to impress anybody. I'm not some spiritual giant. I am the most grateful person on the planet that I get to know God personally and that he cares about me. And obviously cares about all of us. I joked one time in a meeting and said, you know, God does play favorites. Each and every one of us is his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and I'm one of them. So, yeah. And what, what his word has taught me uh, for life, for business, for relationships, for everything, it has been just understanding the fact that the power and purpose of his word is to renew my mind so that he can transform me into who he created me to be, my new creation. Without this word, that isn't going to happen. And I don't want to be who I used to be. Oof. No. <laughs> wow, that that's amazing. And and I'm super like stoked because just here at the end, yeah, you know, you know, you've been talking about, you know, the Bible, you've been talking about, you know, how it's basically transformed your life and and it's a short amount of time like you you were christian and but you said oh two two three years is when these revelations came about and so if a person is listening to this and they're wondering how fast i would just tell you hey it doesn't take long when you when you say you know what this is what i want and i want god to do this for me you just take page by page and 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 Eileen has definitely shared with us today that, hey, the, you know, the Bible is the number one book. It's the bestseller of all time. They just don't report on it anymore because it, it would just not be fair. But it's the best selling book of all time. 
right? So if that is the case, if it's the best-selling book of all time, then it just means that there's a clue there. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants what the Bible has in it. So um, thank you, Eileen. I think the reason that people struggle with Scripture is because they might believe what I used to believe, which was a lie, that the Bible is too complicated for me to understand. And I need other people to explain it to me. I need other people to tell me. I need other people to teach me because I don't have the knowledge or the background. I don't have a theology degree. I can't. And that's a lie because scripture, Jesus actually says, I will make it plain. I will teach you. Those are his words. Those are the red letters. If you got a red letter Bible, those are the ones to really pay attention to. And if he tells you he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that is absolute. Sean, you want to finish with something? We could be here for another hour. <laughs> Let's schedule to have a cup of tea, Shauna. I'd love yes. it. Yes, I would love that. Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely, man. This is this has been good. All right. So one last thing. Eileen, how can people how can people find you, get a hold of you if they want to learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, so I've got like five websites. So, um, but the the main one is my have lifelong well being, which HLW was taken, so I had to spell it out. Um, but it's have lifelong well being dot com, and they can contact me through that. My phone number is there. My email is there, um, and they can learn about all the other programs. And I'm also on YouTube. Just my last name, well, my name, Eileen Kopsoftis. If they, but of course, Kopsoftis is kind of a I handle my husband jokes and says it's only three syllables and it's very phonetic. I go, yeah, but it's nine letters and only three vowels. It kind of throws people, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah. Going through that website, they can, they can find me there. Perfect. Perfect. So we'll make sure that all the links uh, will be in the description of wherever you're watching this. So it'd be very simple for you to find where Eileen is. And um, one, and we'll also leave a link to her book, because I know it's on Amazon, Pain Culprits. I have the book somewhere, and I'd taken my bookshelves down. Um, and so I had to put my books away. But I have the book, and I can definitely tell you that it's a great book to read and to understand all these myths. I can't wait to find out more about what's happening with the aging culprits that's coming out pretty soon. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you, Eileen, for coming on and being a part of the Beyond Freedom podcast. Thank you. We were... We were blessed today. We were definitely blessed today with um, with 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 who you are and what you are doing in the world. And we're looking forward to hearing more about what's happening in you know, it's your always life fun and your to brag business. On God, so and that's what I feel what I did. And I'd love to close with this if I could. I've got this on my wall. And this is this is what I feel is sort of my directive. And I've got written here. I will not leave this planet until I fully look like him fully act like him, fully think like him, fully speak like him. And I have accomplished everything I have been called and equipped to accomplish in him individually. And I will not boast and I will not fall while I'm doing it. That's my goal. So that's so good. Yeah. It's all him. You can't take any credit. I need that. It's a lot of fun. Cool. Well, awesome. thank you. Thank you. That was a perfect way to end it. That's amazing. Thank you. All righty. All right, guys. So we are excited. We thank you for joining us and we'll see you back here on the next Beyond Freedom podcast. God bless. Peace.